This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast. Joe Rimmer here to talk about a cracking weekend. I'm joined by two very happy gentlemen and Ian Doyle. It's been <laughs> it's been a great weekend. Uh, Connor Dunn, how are you? Extremely happy, Joe. How are you? I'm very happy as well. Ian Doyle, how are you? Resolute. As always. Full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away. Paul Ghost, how are you? Uh, very well. Yeah, come good. good. Yeah. Okay, we'll start with you, Paul. Um, because I'm going to ask you, was that the best... Premier League weekend ever. I mean, I'm struggling to remember one as as memorable and as one where when all the results are in and they're done and dusted, you, you're thinking about Liverpool have, have done well here yeah, because you know all Liverpool have to do this season. Uh, and I've written a little thing about it today. Is keep an eye on Manchester City. Everything else is basically just background noise to them, isn't it? Because it doesn't matter how Manchester United get on Arsenal, Chelsea. None of them are really going to threaten them. It's only City. So doesn't matter what happens, but it also helps when Liverpool win and United are getting beat at Newcastle. Uh, you know, fans have made up seeing Everton lose. Um, and then obviously the big one was Manchester City hosting Wolves in a game that you thought would be tricky for them, but you'd expect them to win and to get beat. Um, so as far as it goes, I'm struggling to think of a better one. Um, I know me and Doyle will probably remember something before my time, but yeah, I said Premier League though. Yeah, you, you can change the question. That wasn't what the question Moved was. The at the start, was it when we were discussing this before? Because you knew what was coming. Little asterisk yeah. there. You should have read the small print. Yeah, but so small is print it not? Wasn't there? Is it the best Premier League weekend ever, Ian Doyle? I don't know. Without oh. <laughs> <laughs> a shadow of a doubt. Without really? a shadow of a doubt. That's, that's, what, that's more like well, it. Can't well, go on. What a weekend! <laughs> what a weekend! Let's Sunday. Win. Eight point gap, Sunday, City lose to Wolves, a tired Wolves side you expect them to be. Everton are in the relegation zone. Man United are floundering somewhere <laughs> in the bottom half. Wow, what more there. could he's you want? There, yeah. And literally, what more could you want? We're only eight games in. We didn't ask about that. We didn't ask about that. We just said, what, we single, well, single well, weekend. Hang on. Yeah, hang on. Well, if it's, if it's two games to go and this is and they're eight points clear because of that, then yeah, that would be the best weekend ever because they've just won the league. But no, but talking specifically, yeah. Okay, you see, I'm talking specifically this weekend. I'm going to say the best weekend is still to come. Well, that's, that's, that's a good fine. answer. I like that answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. I know. So, so I said it so far. So let's talk eight points. <laughs> it was a bloody good weekend, though. I mean, Man United. It's all, it's the, it was the cherry on. on I think the, on I saw cake, people on social media like going crazy about it, saying, like, "You know, town, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, this is the best mm. weekend ever." And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, well, hang on. We won the Champions League on a Saturday. That was only a couple of months ago. That was the best weekend ever. So you didn't go to town? Did you not wander no, into St Helens? Um, what, uh, what, I, went, what? I did go to the pub, to be fair, yeah. after I'd finished work. I went in the 23s, which we'll talk yeah. about later on. So, yeah, I did end up going to the pub. So, so, yeah. so you did go to town, because that is St. Helens. That is town for yeah. me, yeah. yeah. I did, you know, it is only about two minutes away, so. Ian Doyle Can went we stop to town. Doyle went to town. Anyway. Yeah. Good weekend. I didn't stop. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me and Connor went to town, didn't we? We did went to town, yeah. Yeah. Se- Separately, but we were there. We were in town. Joe, did you go? <laughs> no. <laughs> 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 this is very sad. I'll just check to see if I got any invites. Even O'Neill went to town. You haven't been well, though, have you, Joseph? I haven't been well. To be fair. I haven't been well. I feel better now. A bit croaky, though. Croaky, as you could probably tell. Um, yeah, eight points, Connor. Eight points. Uh, I know it's only October, but considering last se- the season was so closely contested, <coughs> eight points is a massive gap at any stage of the season between these two sides, aren't they? It feels big, doesn't it? I think the, the win against Leicester felt big. I think the fact that City then lost, I think it, it feels like a really defining weekend. It's really early to talk about it, I know, but. Liverpool never had a big, as big a gap as that last season, um, and I think in reality, 
it is theirs to lose, isn't it now? And it's so early to say, but they've put up such a relentless place already. You don't really feel like many teams are going to beat them in the league. And with that gap, it, it gives them a bit of breathing room. And yeah, it, it just, just to me just feels like a really important, you know, weekend, important win, important eight points. Dolly, could it be more than the, the points and a psychological thing that, that Liverpool could hand Liverpool the advantage now? I mean, the interesting thing is what happened last season means that Liverpool will be better placed to handle being this far ahead, I think. Uh, was it some of the stuff that Klopp said after the game, some of the stuff that I read this about the, the Liverpool game against Leicester, mm. he, he was, the kind of the suggestion is Liverpool have stumbled through the last week, you know, 1-0 against Sheffield United because the keeper drops one in, yeah. you know, lose a 3-0 lead against Salzburg and then a last-minute penalty. Some people believe it wasn't, I believe it clearly was, uh, to win against Leicester. But Klopp said, well, winning eight games in a row at the start of a season is not easy, otherwise everybody would do it. And next to nobody does it. Hardly anybody's won 17 games in a row top flight games in a row because it's hard and you've got to have these games and I think for Liverpool to do that and get themselves into this position I think you can lose the title in the first eight games but you can't win it but Liverpool have given themselves a, you know, a great chance because they could conceivably lose the next two games and then as long as they don't lose to, to Man City in the what is it the game before the next international break yeah, it'll yeah. be top that's how far ahead that they are. If you if you were looking at this the other way around, and City won eight out of eight, and Liverpool lost two, but eight points behind at this point, we'd all be sitting here thinking, "Oh well, it's another season where it's going to probably go to City." Then, isn't it? But you know, that's why I'm so chirpy right now. <laughs> I think that's yeah. also because of what City have done in the past, and I think of course, the thing but is, Liverpool, but then Liverpool last season got ninety seven points, exactly. so so they're doing yeah. it again. And I think City did do it for two years in a row. Mm-hmm. I think we all have spoken and said that we didn't expect either City or Liverpool to get close to the points total that they got last season. I think everybody knows that was just insane, but Liverpool are doing it again. I mean, some of the other stuff that was written was like, oh, Liverpool look as though, you know, this run can't go on forever. It's like, well, really? No, of course it won't go on forever. Yeah. The thing is, we've spoken about this again in the, in the podcast. What's going to happen is they will lose the game sooner rather than later or draw. And you've seen what's happened when City lost to Norwich, when City drew with Tottenham, when City just got beat by, I've forgotten already, Wolves. Um, Wolves. Wolves, yeah, Wolves. to give them the, the proper name. Um, it's kind of, everyone thinks, oh, that's it. You know, City have lost, uh, dropped, was it, that's eight, eight points, is it now, yeah? Eight points, it must be because they're eight points behind Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, record, yeah. Well, well, we're down by me. Um, so they've dropped eight points already. That's a lot to, to make up, but... The massive asterisk is the fact that it's only eight games in. Although at this rate, it doesn't mean Liverpool win, will, will win the league by 38 points. What I would say, though, is Liverpool <laughs> dro- only dropped 17 points last season. And for City to claw back that eight-point advantage, that's nearly half of what Liverpool lost last season just to get to, to level. So it's uh, it's a massive task for City. They're good enough to, to, to do it, but what they now need is Liverpool to, <clears> to lose essentially three games when they only lost one last season or draw a, a stack load of them which I don't really think Liverpool will do this season either because um, they're just so far ahead of, of pretty much every other team apart from City. So it's um, as, as Connor says, if you look at, if you're flipping it the other way around and Liverpool are looking up at City at eight points, we'd all be sitting here and thinking, "Ah, oh, well, second is probably the best Liverpool can hope for now." So it's um, it's a massive massive gap already. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, well, let's look at the Leicester game in, in a bit more detail. Um, I suppose as usual. Everyone could, kind of could say lucky Liverpool, but are they lucky? I mean, surely you make your own luck when you win this many games and Liverpool had far the better chances. They were a little bit unlucky that they missed some. So what what do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think the fact that it was one on a last minute penalty is overlooking the fact that Liverpool were a much better side for massive parts of that game. 
Um, and again, as you say, I think Klopp's spoken about this as well. You make your own luck. The fact that Liverpool push every single minute to, to score, to win, mm. is the reason why they're winning these games. Mm. And it's, it's quite literally as simple as that. If you, you know, they're taking these shots, they're taking these chances, they're fighting, you know, every two for now until the final whistle, which as you should do, but teams don't, do they? And that is, that's why they're getting these, you know, clinching victories in the final final moments in these last few games but yeah I just it's particularly I just don't think it's luck I just don't think it's luck in, in, in any way really I mean obviously you know Henderson dropped that against Sheffield United but then Mane and Salah missed chances they easy yeah. tuck away on other days so you, you look at it in both ways really they've been unlucky and lucky in these games so I just I just think you know the fact that they find a way to win is more the testament of the luck yeah, nothing about. I know we're going to talk about the penalty. We'll just address it now. Nothing about the penalty is lucky. Nothing from winning it to the way it was scored, because the reason Liverpool get the penalty is because Origi is pushing forward. Yeah. All Brighton has to come back. He's done well, Origi recently. Hasn't he has, he? Yeah, yeah, when he's come on. So yeah. All Brighton has to go back, and then All Brighton has a mild panic when Schmeichel can pick it up because Mane's chasing, and then of course Mane then gets there, and All Brighton then kicks him in the back of the leg. And, you know, Mane he stands down. on his foot, doesn't he? Well, it's it's still a penalty. At the time, when me and, me and Gorsi were there, we just went, oh, penalty. And he, you know, referee gave it, and he was never going to get it overturned. And then he comes to the person who's taken it, which is Milner, who had a very good game. I know before the game, there were some fans when they saw Milner and Lovren in the starting lineup were going, well, I'm not watching now, et cetera, et cetera, which is just stupid. Uh, and Milner has got the character, the experience to to put it into the, you know, score past Michael sending the wrong way. And Milner's done this, what was it? Last season at Fulham, scored yep. a late penalty. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Swansea, was it? There was one of the year where he scored a late penalty. So he puts them. It's not lucky that Arigi's pushing forward in the last minute. It's not lucky that Manny's chasing a lost cause. It's not lucky that Milner scores the penalty. That's years and years and years of practice and belief and this whole thing of Liverpool knowing we can play to the fact. Because after Leicester equalised, Leicester never looked like they were ever going to score. It only looked like Liverpool might score. And they had the chance. What was it? Van Dijk's header, Lovren header. Could have done it. They did do it. Not lucky at all. Gorsi, for me, someone who grew up in the nineties and you grew up in the nineties as well. It was, it was something that United used to do every week. You, yeah. you would see them. You would see them attack a team, wave after wave after wave, and eventually, like Connor said, they would put so much pressure on that someone would make a mistake, to be a penalty, a, a deflection, or whatever it might be. Is is there something United esque about Liverpool at the moment in the way that they're attacking? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's not down to. to um, football ability but there's something about this Liverpool team that just makes them so strong and they can respond to setbacks because they don't have it their own way very very rarely I mean if you look at it pretty much every game over the last few weeks Chelsea had had a little spell and fought back didn't they and come into the game and Salzburg were fantastic the other night and Leicester responded Um, and Sheffield United had a go as well and and every time Liverpool just seemed to dig deep and just pull something out and um, they were doing a load of games last season as well. I think in Newcastle, obviously Barcelona, they were up against the in the, the last few weeks of the season. Just seems that every game Liverpool have to find a way to respond and, and dig deep and, and, and they do it. And that's more than just being good at football. That's something about you know, the psyche as the team, about the personality of the players. And I think that they're all of a similar mind and they know now that when things do go against them for whatever reason, they, they, they are able to respond and... and it's uh, they can basically channel to women. It's looking like they're mm. not going to get it because even even on Saturday with two minutes to go, I was still thinking that Liverpool were going to win it just because it's just been so ingrained in them for so long now that um, it's going to take an awful lot for them to to lose essentially or, or to to even drop a point. 
Mm -hmm. I think that is probably the what seems like the main difference between Liverpool and City right now, doesn't it? Because for massive parts of last season, teams would turn up in games against City and not hand the win. I'm not even necessarily suggesting that, but it just seemed that they would score so early in the mm -hmm. game and just yeah, play yeah. and you just think, oh, well, that's game over. And for 85 minutes, they're absolutely just knocking the ball around and it's, it's, they're not back against the wall. And when it comes to knockout football, Champions League style, they, they get found out a little bit because teams have to go and score mm. against them. And I think that is where Liverpool just have a slight edge this season because they got used to it last season and now they are really just, they can find a way to fight back in every single game if they need to. That's a very good point. Man City aren't necessarily battle-hardened, are they? Whereas Liverpool mm. are. Mm -hmm. I was going to actually just beat me to saying that. I think I don't have a problem. I don't think City will have a problem psychologically because they had that spell, didn't they? Yeah. The, uh, over Christmas, where they lost yeah. a few games, then they ended up winning what was it, fifteen or whatever it was in a row yeah. to to, to mm -hmm. go on and win the league. So I don't think that's good, what is going to change because of what's happened to City at the start of the season. The change is going to be from the other teams turning up. Because, yeah, City will have games where they roll people over like Watford 57-0 like they normally do. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen because they're a very good team. They've got very good players. And they'll go somewhere and they'll win 4 or 5-0 like they did with West Ham at the start of the season. That will happen. That's the way that they play the game. When they get in a groove, you know, practically no one's, no one's going to stop them. Liverpool know this. They got beat 5-0, didn't they, the other year when they were down to 10 men. But the other teams are going to start turning up and going, well, hang on, perhaps these aren't quite as invincible as yeah. they yeah, were. Norwich. And it's because of the Norwich win, because of what happened against Tottenham a little bit, because Tottenham also did it in the Champions League, mm. didn't they, last season? Uh, and also it's because they got a couple of injuries. Certainly, you know, a company's gone. Uh, Laporte's injured. Yeah. Otamendi's Otamendi. He was good in a, uh, in, in a defence that's set up to help him out, but... When did you see when, when I, I know when sure. when City <laughs> but then that's it isn't it because City was so attacking <clears throat> and another day City could have won that game easy of course yeah but then Wolves could turn around and say we should have had a penalty first half we had a couple of good chances you know City looked like they won't say got away with it but they they kind of ridden that particular storm but yeah Liverpool, the game will come soon as we said before where Liverpool will lose it's what happens after that that will determine just how far into the season yeah. this goes for it for, for the title challenge. Okay, let's talk about the penalty. Doyle, we'll stay with you because yep. we know how you feel about mm. it. So tell us why you are so sure that that was a penalty. Because he fouled him and he kicked That's him. That's a good answer. And you can slow it down all you want, but it was all in real time. It was like a panicky thing. And the one thing for me is all Brighton doesn't complain. He just sat, sits there, or stands there, whatever, and just goes, oh, no, he knows what he's done. He knows he's made, he's made contact and he knows that sometimes you get away with that in the area but this time Mane felt it and whether he went down in instalments or not, I don't know. I certainly don't think he was quite as injured as he was making <coughs> out on the, on the pitch. But there's been loads of times where Liverpool haven't got, not, Liverpool haven't got penalties for, for, for not going down where they could have done. I think the, the guys on match of the day, you know, we don't normally pick out people who pundits and whatever have you, but I thought Danny Murphy and Alan Shearer were a bit... They were far too like, oh, it's definitely not a penalty. I mean, they should know better. I mean, Shearer's won penalties for less. Yeah. You know, Murphy's converted penalties for, for, for lesser fouls. I think it is a foul. I just, if, it'd be interesting, if that happened at the 63rd minute, I don't think they'd have been saying it wasn't a penalty. I think it's because of the, of the timing that it was as well. And I think that, did that have an effect on Man City going into the game on Sunday? I don't know. Because you can imagine if it did the way around that Liverpool were due to play Wolves at home. Not an easy game. Wolves are good defensively. You know, they showed last season, they may not have started the season great, but they're watching at home on soccer Saturday or whatever and then think, oh, they're going to... Oh, and then they score in the last minute. I don't know whether that's had yeah. an effect. So That yeah. moment when it goes to um, <clears throat> Stelling and he says there's a goal at Anfield yeah. and there's yeah. that little brief pause and they think, oh, no, if Leicester won it, if Liverpool... And then, yeah. 
yeah. but, there, but there is that, yeah. yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you there, Dolly. I think going so close to the build drop points, finally, they would have been delighted and they would have looked at that Wolves game with a huge chance to reduce it to what, what would it have been? So Six. Six, yeah. Mm. So that would have been huge for them and then they know that they've got to, got to go and beat Wolves just to get it back to five before the international break and I think that that's just heed so much pressure back onto them at a time when they're without one or two of their star men and Wolves were fantastic. They executed their game plan superbly. Dharma Traore, of all people, was so calm in front of goal. He's not normally known for, for that. He's, for me, he's, he's plenty of pace and power, but not a lot of finesse. And, and he took both goals superbly, and, and it was a great uh, great result for them, and an even better one for Liverpool. And um, what, a, what a weekend, as, as we've already discussed. Was it a penalty? It was a penalty, yeah. Yeah. I thought uh, at the time, we couldn't really tell at the time, but we'd get a little monitor at Anfield in the press box, and we, we, me and Doyle immediately looked at it, and it was up close, and... Thought it was a pen. I, I tweeted out at the time VAR checking it, but I've seen his replay and it's a penalty. And uh, luckily, Chris Cavanagh's decision wasn't overturned. Um, thought Mane got stood on, went down a little bit theatrically, but you're going to, aren't you? When you're trying to desperately win a game and you get stood on, penalty, yeah, all day. Got it. Yeah, so I don't think any Liverpool fan is going to argue with you that it's not a penalty. It's tricky because you can see both sides of the argument a little bit. If you if that's given against you, I think I think you're fuming because mm. it's because I think of the way. Mane goes down, but Albrighton in no way should be kicking out his leg there. He shouldn't, he's made a mistake and that is <clears throat> that is your point, isn't it? The fact that Liverpool have pushed so much, you force someone to make a mistake, you force someone to try and make a tackle that he's, he's slightly behind him, he's, he's in the wrong place, he? he's just, yeah. he's made a mistake and in that respect, it's, it's a penalty, isn't it? It's all in the, in the same movement, isn't it? Because he's the one that, as I say, gets the ball off a rig, he chases it down mm. to, and he's just got a little bit carried away. And I, and I think if he doesn't stand on, on Mane's foot and disrupt his movement, we'll, we'll Schmeichel's out of his goal there, isn't he? So there's every yeah. chance Mane pulls that back to... Yeah. Um, mm. I think Lallana was stood in a good position and, and Liverpool score. So I thought it was a penalty as well. If it was given against Liverpool, I would say it wasn't a penalty. <laughs> then would you, and then it, comes down, it comes down to individuals because <clears throat> what about with the Lovren on Calvert-Lewin? Uh, Calvert Calvert never a penalty. Right, it's never, never a penalty. penalty. It's never a penalty, but everyone goes, oh, why did he give him the opportunity to yeah, do it's that? It, isn't yeah. It? Yeah. yeah, and that's... You know, that's what's happened there. And that is why Old Brighton, who I always did say to Connor at half time when he came on, said he's gonna he's gonna be the game changer, yeah. which he was. Um that's why he, he wasn't classic Ian Doyle prediction. He, that's why <laughs> just he, what he thought was gonna happen. Exactly, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why he didn't argue. Because he knew he knew what he'd done. That's yeah. football. Get on with it. Did the whole penalty debate overshadow what was a better Liverpool performance than people are giving them credit for? Yeah. I thought Liverpool were, were very good in the first 60 minutes. They Klopp was right, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, bear in mind Leicester, we did the pod, didn't we? And I thought, was it you that said it's going to be about 5-4 or something? 3-2, yeah, I said, three yeah. Two, I said yeah. it'd be a wild game, which it was for the, like, the last five minutes. <laughs> but <laughs> I Leicester, said it would be 2-1. Leicester played the way old Leicester played, as opposed to, you know mm. what I mean? People, people thought, oh, it's Brendan Rodgers, they're going to be like Liverpool were. And if you actually, okay, they beat Newcastle 5-0, but Newcastle were down to 10. But the rest of their games have been really close. Uh, what was it? One all at Chelsea, got beat one 0 at uh, United. Two one win against Leicester uh, against Tottenham. Sorry, everybody beats Tottenham these days. So it was going to be a lot closer. And I spoke to some people after the game, and they said they were disappointed with the way Leicester played because they were expecting it to be the way you were, where they'd be an attack this, that, and the other. Thought Liverpool did very well against Vardy. Just had the yeah. one chance, didn't he? Were Adrian got away with it, but he hesitated, didn't he, before coming out, and then ended up tackling him, which was unusual. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, it was a good performance against a team who I genuinely do think could make the top four. 
Connor, Leicester's Turkish defender. Aya Songuki. Yeah, whose name I can't pronounce. Who's, who seems to be a good player. Tweeted afterwards that Leicester lost the game, but they won something more. What more did they win? Mm. <laughs> you tell me. I, I, can, I, I think they won the belief that they can go I to the European oh. champions and actually nearly get something. <laughs> I thought you meant... Oh, I haven't seen his tweet. I, I mean, that's that's something else. <laughs> I thought he tweeted. No, no, something. that's what he said. Right. That's what he said. He said, said, he said well, we want something else, not yeah. we want something right. else. Right, okay. It? Yeah. yeah, well, it's, it's, it's got to be relief, hasn't it? Yeah. You're exactly right. It's, you know, going to a team that's unbeaten in the Premier League, going to a team that's holders of the European Cup, really solid unit, hasn't lost a game. You know, they've turned up. And Leicester looked good as, for parts as well, as we knew they would do, to be fair. They're a really solid unit at the back. There's some really talented players going forward. And I think, yeah, as Dolly said, they'll do super well this season. He was very good at the centre-back. He was very yeah. good, yeah. yeah. Didn't expect such a serious answer to that question. I just thought, we would all laugh and move on. You've misjudged this move yeah. completely, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't was think it? Leicester were as good as every... I think they had a couple of decent chances, but I think they had well, they had two shots in the whole well, game. Just because well, the team doesn't have lots of shots doesn't mean they're not a good team. No, solid, I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say they weren't no. a good team. I said, I don't think they were as good as anyone made out. Because I think afterwards, the... the prevailing thought was that they deserved a draw and I don't think they deserved no. a draw no. at all. No, I thought Liverpool defended very well, actually, uh, particularly Diane Lovren, who was making his first start since May. I thought he'd come mm. in and, and he was excellent on, a, on his return and what could have been a, a tricky day for him up against Vardy. Uh, Van Dijk was, was Van Dijk. He thought he was excellent. Um, he's just playing his own game, isn't he, now? Like, there was one where normal defenders were just header clear, but there's a ball over the top and he comes out to meet it and plays a three ball with his head to Alexander-Arnold down the right. Just plays his own game um, and Dyke being Van Dyke is, is a good description do you, do you not think now. he was slightly at fault for the goal I, th- I thought he was yeah. Yeah. I thought Fabinho was as well yeah. Fabinho he was, was tired, a little bit yeah. 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 That, that same thing happened to Chelsea didn't it where um, Kante just kind of skipped away from him but those things happened I thought maybe Adrian could have saved it but generally I thought Liverpool defended well didn't allow Vardy any space in behind because you know that's what his game's all about isn't it running the channels and chasing after it so um thought they limited Leicester quite well really because Leicester are a decent team I don't agree with Doyle don't think they'll finish in the top four or, or will push for it but they'll certainly have a shot to finish in sixth I think I think they're probably going to finish above United surely yeah the, the, before the season started I'd have said they were the seventh best team um, United are in free fall aren't they they could easily get in ahead of them The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo Were we all happy to see Brendan again? Yeah what was he like in his press conference? I wasn't there. You were there I also there. was not there for that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right. We, I was. I was uh, doing Klopp's Mondays. All oh, right. So. Okay. Although we did walk past and shake the hand of all the journalists who we yeah. recognised from when he worked for Liverpool, so that was a nice touch, I thought. From what I saw yeah. on Twitter, it was a bit classic Brendan. You know, defending his players as you'd expect him to. Mm-hmm. Talking about the incidents for Leicester as you'd expect him to. Kind of no love lost, really, and fair play. He's a decent manager, isn't he? So you wouldn't really expect he anything. He was also desperate not to use the word character. Yeah, in yeah, interviews. Yeah. 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 Great, great technician. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful technician. Yeah. Wonderful great, technician. Great human being. Uh, real man strength. Warrior spirit. I can just go through them all. Tell, you, tell, you, as, well, tell you as real man strength, warrior spirit. He's a great technician. Can he smell he's a great character. I don't know what that is, but yeah. <laughs> James Milner. Yes. And let's talk about James Milner then. Please and thank you. We'll start mm. over there with you. Uh, James Milner <coughs> was very, very good, wasn't he? He was very, very good. And I was actually going to mention what Doyle said not very long ago, just about how there was some question marks before the game about Milner and Lovren being in there. But I think Milner over the past couple of games has, has proved the real point, hasn't he? You know, led the youngsters against MK Dons yesterday. Oh, no, Saturday. Got a goal and an assist. Yeah. Um, 
put the penalty away so superbly. That ball for Manny is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I think he's proved he's got a real part to play. And I don't think Liverpool were ever in any doubt of that, but I think he's proved it to a lot of the fans who maybe had a slight question mark over him. And I don't know if maybe those question marks have perhaps come over the fact that Liverpool haven't given him a new contract yet. But, you know, I, surely it's got to be a matter of time, hasn't it? Yeah, league, league wins are about characters, aren't they, Doyle? And, and he, he is one, isn't he? And he's also a league winner. Yeah. won it twice with City. Mm-hmm. So he knows what to do. And I don't think there's any of the other players who've, who've won, certainly not won the Premier League title. Mm-hmm. So he knows what it takes. Klopp loves him. Uh, Klopp's always said that as long as he's in charge, he'd, he'd quite happily have Milner in his squad. I think Milner's just like, this is the same thing for now, two, the last two or three years. Everyone expects him to be eased out. But because of the way he plays and the fact that Klopp can trust him, he won't be brilliant every single game, but he's never, ever been like that. But he'll always be solid. And it wasn't just his, you know, the penalty and the assist on um, on Saturday. There was a moment in the second half, which I know Gorsty agrees with me on this. He just raced out on midfield and tackled Madison. It was at a time when Liverpool... I can't remember whether it was Leicester were just starting to build up some momentum or they'd just scored. He just went straight through him. Like, and Liverpool, put Liverpool on an attack and the crowd absolutely loved it. And I think... The crowd appreciates stuff like that. I yeah. think he's he's gone from... I think he's never not been popular, but I think the people who... I'm trying to word this correctly, but I'm just going to come out and say it. The people who don't go to the games or don't pay particular attention to what's going on on the pitch and just watch the highlights might not always appreciate what somebody like James Milner does. And certainly the people who don't see him around training, don't see him around the place, the example he sets for other players, certainly the youngsters. I'm sure the likes of Trent Alexander-Arnold and... And people like that will learn from just having James Milner around the place because of who he is and uh, his ability to drink Ribena. Klopp right. says that Milner says things in the change room that he can't say, yeah. doesn't yeah. he? That he, he gives some, some bits and tea talks that maybe perhaps Klopp can't do. So he just gives you something else. He's got so much experience, which obviously you can't teach, and so much know-how to win games. And that's obviously so vital. Question for you. <clears throat> James Milner will, will be a great at many of the clubs that he's played at, but will he now go down as a Liverpool legend? We've had, we had this debate, didn't we? He's certainly the best free signing they've ever had. Champions League winner? Yeah, Champions League yes. winner. Who had a hand in yes. the second goal? Of course, he'll always be a legend. He'll always be a legend. Yeah. That penalty at the end, Gorsi, after, after the long wait with VAR and everything now, that makes a last-minute penalty is, is nerve-wracking enough, but with that long wait, I mean, nerves of steel. As Vince yeah. McMahon used to say, grapefruits. <laughs> yeah. He, he asked them, hasn't he? That, that's oh, okay. a very niche reference, though. Yeah, very yeah, well-aimed well, as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think a lot of listeners will know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> Brilliant. Do you want to explain what I'm talking about? Grape, grapefruits. grapefruits. Um, well, that's a metaphor for cojones. Yes, cojones. Yes, yes. <laughs> With cojones is a metaphor for <laughs> balls. <laughs> just yeah. trying to put Gorsi on the spot here. Right? Talk, no, I'm trying to talk talk about, yeah, rescue my colleague out of a difficult situation. <laughs> we talk a lot of balls on this yeah, show. You were, tr- you were trying to set him up there, Joe. You should know better. <laughs> he wants the clip for YouTube, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what have I think we talked? we've now got it. James Milner, yeah. fantastic. Guess that. Get. Offer him the contract. Offer him what he Put wants. Put it on the table. Yes. Put yeah. it on the table. Yeah. All the money he wants. James Bell is back, man. So much experience. So much. <laughs> but you know what? It's not. It's not only the fact that he's played loads of games and he's been around for years. He's he's still a quality footballer. That that pass he played for the assist was unbelievable. With his, with his weaker left foot and it just arched away from Johnny Evans and he he was at full stretch and still couldn't get it and Manny goes clean through. It was fantastic and he, he was great at MK Dons. He he got lashed in at left back, which he hasn't played for two seasons. Could have easily have thrown her in that night, but I can't really be fussed here, but he was never going to be that type of player and he's popped up with an assist and a goal. Helped out the likes of Harvey Elliott and Keanu Hoover and whoever else through what was a, could have been a difficult night. 
Um, so important to Liverpool off the field. And it's just continuing to show that he's just as important on it. Um, I agree with Doyle, but sometimes people might criticise him or whatever, but it's it, it maybe it is people aren't seeing what he does throughout the whole game. Um, such a, an important member of the squad and he can play in loads of positions as well. So give him another year. He deserves it. He's the fittest player in the squad and he's the most experienced and he's, he's the only one who's, who's won a Premier League title. Okay, another man who returns to the team then. We've touched on him already. Dejan Lovren. Connor, really impressive display from Dejan Lovren. It, it, tough, it, you know, Joe Gomez came in and found it tough on Wednesday night coming in from the cold and, and Lovren then came in, but he was solid, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought I thought he did really well, actually. There was some interesting moments in the first half where he was in tricky situations. You think he had a diving header, cleared cleared himself over the Liverpool's bar, but it's a really decent you know, diving head. And he... Again, as we discussed and touched on, he didn't let Vardy have any space in behind him. I thought he marked him really well. Yeah, I just yeah. thought he was really, really solid next to Van Dijk. And you think he hasn't played for so long. And that was kind of the, not excuse he made for Gomez, but kind of reason we gave behind Gomez's performance not being so great. The fact that him and Van Dijk haven't been playing together, but Lovren came in and was absolutely spot on, wasn't he? So, yeah, it was, it was really impressed with him and really happy actually to see him do so well. He did, he, did the, he did the things that Lovren's good at. Yeah. Basically... Clearing, breathing the game, intercepting, just getting rid, playing simple passes, and and just getting in the way sometimes. And he avoided the stuff that he's not so good at, which is diving in. Yeah. There was a few times when Leicester had the ball just on the edge of the area, just inside, and you thought, oh no, he's gonna don't dive in. And he managed to resist that temptation, which is something that you know, he's not always been able to do. But he say he just managed to do all the things that he's good at, which is why he had a good game. Is he just a man of the of extremes that people? Some people. When Dave and Lovren's in the team, get very upset. Mm. They get they shout about it. They're not very happy. Is, is it just a case of he's just that sort of player? Elicits those extreme emotions. Yeah, but I think sometimes opinions get formed, and then <clears throat> people just so reluctant to waver from them. Aren't they? I mean, for me, Lovren was at times a calamity, and you could pick up two or three or four or five examples of that from maybe two or three years ago, four years ago. But he's been excellent for pretty much around the time. Virgil van Dijk was signed. Um, the second half of that season, he was great alongside van Dijk. He was Liverpool's best player in the Champions League final. He was, again, excellent for Croatia in the World Cup. Went all the way to the final with them. And hasn't really put too much of a foot wrong. Um, he's been in and out of the team, hasn't he? He had a three or four month layoff when he got injured at Wolves and hasn't always been first choice. But for a good while now, I think his form has been steady to good. So, um, fair play to him coming in the other day because I thought he was excellent. He's also a good member of the squad, isn't he? The other players mm. seem to like him. And he, he said, and I've said this before a few times, when Liverpool beat Barcelona and he was uh, jumping up and down, he was the, one of the first ones to celebrate, wasn't he, when the goal went in, the fourth one. And LFC TV asked him afterwards and says, you know, does it feel a bit different? Because like, obviously you've not been playing. He says, well, no. He says, last year I was playing and all the boys on the, the touchline, they were cheering us on. So this year it's my turn to do that. That mm. kind of underlines the squad that they've got, the, the mentality. But has he posed a question? Has he now got above Gomez in the pecking order? Interesting one, it's really. Interesting one. I mean, you'd. I'm not. Gomez was. I thought he was good against MK Dons, but wasn't so great. Mm. And I think it was a massive call by Klopp to to bring Lovren in for what was an important game, and it was justified. It's another right call that he's made, the manager. But does it now mean that, you know, for the short term at least, long term he obviously is not. But for the short term, is Lovren now ahead of Gomez? Difficult, difficult question to answer. Yeah. Well, would you like to answer it, please? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think in the short term he is. Fair enough. I think think he played very well, and I think he's experienced. And 
Gomez perhaps just needs a few different games to try and get him back in the rhythm. You know, that Carabao Cup game against Arsenal will be a decent test for him. And it also underlines that if a player doesn't play well, Liverpool now have strength and depth to Klopp can make the decision, right? We're going to take you out and you come in. Can the same thing happened with Henderson? Mm-hmm, definitely. Um, all right. Well, after the international break, it's Manchester United. Um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, after losing 1 0 at Newcastle, said that's the perfect game for United. In many ways, I know what Doyle's going to say, so I'll come to you first, Connor. In many ways, it probably is for them, isn't it? It's probably the type of game that. There's going to be no game at Old Trafford this season they are more up for yeah. than Liverpool. So. In that respect, it absolutely is because he doesn't really need to give his players that rousing team talk because the occasion and the game yeah. and the atmosphere will do that for them. So, yeah, I, I kind of can see where he's coming from. But then Liverpool must be looking at this in a similar vein. There's no better time to go to Old Trafford and play Man United right now. I think they're probably going to be favourites at Old Trafford for the first time in, well, for as long as I can probably remember, really. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting game, but... I, I don't think in terms of how the game will play out that it'll be the perfect game for United. I think Liverpool are just in a far superior position. Is it similar to 2014 when they went there? Moyes was sort of bleak and struggling. Liverpool went won 3-0. And that was it was the right way of performing, wasn't it, at Old Trafford when when they I think they were the favourites that day. Um but United were well up for sort of putting a nail in Liverpool's title coffin that day. So they'll be up for they'll be up for ending this run, won't they? And, Liverpool will have to be very good there to get something. I think the better, without wishing to give you a politician's answer, I think the better comparison is the last time they went to Old Trafford, which was in March. March. Yeah, March. Mm-hmm. United then just went, right, we don't want to lose. Could have approached that game differently. Yeah, after, yeah they just mm-hmm. went, right. Liverpool didn't want to get beaten. United went, well, we don't want to lose. Mm-hmm. I know there was the injuries in the first half, this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. And it kind of became a little bit of stalemate, nil-nil. Not a lot happened. But... I think this time United cannot go into this game and think, right, we're just going to make sure we don't get beat. There's no way the crowd will allow that to happen. We, I mean, it could easily happen that Solskjaer's gone by the time that comes comes around. I don't think so personally, but it could happen. But even if it doesn't, he'll know that they can't go into that game and go, right, we're just going to keep it tight. We're going to, you know, play for, you know, you know not really commit too many men for this, that and the other. The crowd will be absolutely, they'll be desperate for, for them to get one over <coughs> Liverpool. They're only going to do that by attacking them. And that's exactly what Liverpool would want because then they can be plays to their strengths. Whereas in March, United just by you know, Liverpool were off the game, but United just dogged it out and were quite happy for a nil-nil. Would Liverpool be happy with a nil-nil? It's a, it's. A, I mean, overall, I would imagine, yeah, because Klopp always yeah. says, uh, Klopp. Well, Klopp says, you know, so he even said a point said, away against the big, and stick. he also said a point yeah. against Leicester wouldn't have been a catastrophe. They're a good team. I know he may have just been saying that just because they ne- that nearly happened. And the fact that the you know the point last year might have actually been a bit of a catastrophe because it cost them the league, you mm-hmm. could argue. But I think United they can't afford to just play for a nil nil or or or, you know, or a narrow defeat or something like that. They'll have to go for it, and that could play into Liverpool's hands. So I think that'd be the better comparison than 2014, which I can't even remember. What, what were United doing at that time? They, no, were they weren't. Pretty, doing, pretty, they were never. They weren't as bad as they are now. No. And I'm pretty sure they were in the Champions League quarterfinals, weren't they? Because they'd been they, they were struggling badly in the league, and it was a yeah. chance for Liverpool to. Well, United were up for it; they wanted to end Liverpool's yeah. run, and it was a chance for Liverpool to sort of put some nails. It was in, right, in it was coffin, a lot near the end of the season, it. though, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, the timing of it Moise was different as well. Yeah. yeah, the timing of it was different. So, I think last season was in March as well. Yeah, but it's, it was. It was you know, United were still trying to get to grips with Solskjaer. Oh, sorry, the other way around. I think has he not long just been 
When did they play? I can't remember. When did they play? I can't remember. Well, it was the last time Liverpool didn't win the Premier League. It was the first week of March, um, I think. Did, that, was, that was Goodison, wasn't it? Oh, when, sorry, did they, when did they beat PSG? A week later. When did they beat PSG? It was around then, yeah. 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 So it was a slightly different United than the, the one they are now. Yeah, slightly, slightly better United than the one they are now. <laughs> what, I'd, what I'd say is um, it's the worst, by far and away, it's the worst Manchester United team I've ever known. Worst squad. Quality isn't there. Manager isn't a top class manager. Not absolutely nothing's gone right for them, and it's it's not even like you, you say they're struggling and, and you look back to the team of '99 and, and you know all the teams they had in the '90s. Compared to them, obviously light years behind. But even compared to under Mourinho two or three years ago, they're still miles behind. Mourinho somehow finished second with, with a squad that isn't too dissimilar. Oh, is it his greatest he ever? Is, yeah, yeah, exactly, and he, yeah. he's probably, I mean, he might be being a bit facetious there, but he's got half a point, hasn't he, yeah. when he says something like that. Don't know why they got rid of Lukaku and or Sanchez, even though neither of them were, were particularly flying. But now they've got seemingly no strikers other than Marcus Rashford and Anthony Martial. Pogba turns up when he when he can be bothered seemingly just is that the problem though is that the problem that players like that he turns up when he can be bothered I mean, they might be will, bothered he, against Liverpool he will be bothered against Liverpool yeah. I think they'll all be up for it yeah they? I mean they, they've got to muster some sort of response but Liverpool across the pitch are superior in every department and Liverpool can't think of going to the, I know it's Old Trafford and it's Manchester United but they can't be going to this game thinking a point's going to be good enough because no, no. They're, they're struggling and Liverpool really need to make a statement I think and Make it to 18 successive wins at Old Trafford and just continue this title charge. Okay, before we go, um, we'll talk quickly about Trent Alexander Arnold, who turns 21 today. Mm. Uh, we'll start by just singing happy birthday to Trent. No, we will not. <laughs> so we we'll always yeah. to, yeah, you can feel to free the cameras. To, and, you you and, set and the tone. Happy you birthday. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Connor. You're very you welcome. You may leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Trent Alexander-Arnold is 21 today. That is absolutely nuts. He has achieved a hell of a lot in a short space of time. He made his debut at Old Trafford, of course, his full <laughs> mm-hmm. debut. Um, I, I, Connor, what a player. You forget, don't you? You forget mm-hmm. that he's only 21. We forget when we talk about when he has these games where he's maybe not quite at the yeah. dizzying heights of yeah. the world, world's best right back. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, he's actually only 20, now 21 years old. It's absolutely crazy to think what he's achieved going to two Champions League finals, winning one. You know, what he's done is... He's sensational. He's a, he's a regular England first team. He's, he's just, you know, he is up there with one of the best right backs in the world right now. I can't really name too many better. I know that FIFA pro list was a bit bewildering, but mm. yeah, it's just it's just amazing. And you've got so many years ahead of him and you just hope that he stays at Liverpool for all that time. The best judge of other players is, well, sorry, the best judge of good players is other good players. And you only have to watch match today. I know we mentioned them before, but Gary Lineker, whenever Trent does anything, he absolutely he loves, him. loves him. He loves him. So... That tells you how good a player he is. I mean, I think, you know, I think I've written. Well, I have written something today where at 21 he's made more appearances than Gerard and yeah, Carragher. Yeah. I know he always had that through the teens when he stopped being a teenager, but he still had more because he's still in the team and he's an important part of this. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't play particularly well. There was a bit of a concern over his form over the summer, but as you say, because Connor says, you forget that he's that young, and that's always going to happen. It's because he's set such high standards at yeah. such a young age. And he's been learning so quickly that, you know, he, I thought he had a really good game on um, on Saturday, yeah. but defensively as well. Yeah. He got in, you know, he, he did the same. What was the, the home game before that? Not Salzburg, the one before that. Oh, uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Newcastle, he made a few. Well, I, I get at Chelsea, for example, I know he scored the goal, but he did a few good clearances by mm-hmm. getting in, you know, cutting him yeah, from, from right back. The back yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm. So that's what, he's obviously got a load of areas where he, where he could improve, but... 
You know, going forward, you know, the way he hits the ball, where he crosses it, where he takes the free kicks, you know, he's only going to get better, and that's the worrying thing for all the other teams. That goal against Chelsea was properly Gerard-esque, wasn't yeah. it? It's yeah, just, yeah. The way he strikes the ball is crazy. Is it, I mean, I, I can't remember. I don't think I can remember a single game he's had where he's had an absolute stinker, a, a game where you think he's... From start to finish, he's really struggled. There's the odd time when people get in behind him, but Liverpool play such an attacking style that that's that's going to happen. That's just, that's just football, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, for me, I just think he technically is he's absolutely outstanding, and um, defensively, I think he's better than that. I think he gets credit for. Yeah, him. yeah. I I just think I think he's the physical embodiment of what academy coaches work towards for so long. They pick these these lads up when they're eight and nine and. He's a homegrown lad. He's worked his way right through the ranks to become a first-team star and win the Champions League with his boy club at 21. Uh, it's just a re- remarkable story. He's the best player coming out of the academy since Steven Gerrard for me. Uh, as Doyle mentions there, he's played more games than Carragher and Gerrard at the same age. Both of them played over 700 games for Liverpool. Can he, can he rival Ian Callaghan? So he'll get more than them probably if he stays in injury free and stays with the club. And I don't see a reason why he won't stay with the club. Yeah. It's the one he supported growing up. Liverpool are arguably the best team in the world right now. So where'd you go other than that? Um, I absolutely love him. Um, yeah, what a player. I think anyone who's met him as well, he's, he's a nice lad, yeah, Downsworth, yeah. grounded. Yeah. He did an interview in May 2017, I think it was in The Telegraph with, with Chris Bascom, mm-hmm. formerly of this parish, and um, he'd only played 12 games at the time, and he came out and says, I won't be satisfied at Liverpool until I'm captain. And I think, I'm going to go out say 100% he is the next Liverpool captain, oh, yeah. after Jordan yeah. Henderson decides, you know, I don't want to do this anymore, or gets taken off him. I think Trent, and, sure, and, right? and he will be Not, well, the... For as long as he wants to be, yeah, well, and he might not even be right back. He could go into centre mid. Well, quickly before we we finish off, do you do you think that that does that need to happen? Can he not just be the he's world's 21. best right back? He's twenty one. Yeah. He can do whatever well, he wants. He could no, probably play right wing if he wants. A bit he later pro- he on. probably could, but centre back. I'm with it, you. Can he not yeah. just be the world's best right back? Of course back? he can. Why? why think we should up force to him. What he wants? It's not to really do. up to him, is it? It's up to his managers. But it's not, it's, we, we shouldn't really force. Like this idea that he has to go or never, should go and no, play. I never said that he has to. He says, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I think I, he will do it eventually. I wouldn't massively be surprised, but I would like to just see him be the world's yeah. best right back. I, I don't see why you have to be a centre mid. He, he can just become the world's best right back. And his game is so suited to being on that right flank where he can ping his crosses and his passes in to perfection. Um, so putting him in midfield is, is a completely different game, isn't it? You've got to develop and learn. And he hasn't played that at that level. He hasn't played centre mid at the top level, has he? And, and yeah, that takes some. He had one game at Chelsea. Yeah, year, and it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't particularly his best great. Um, so for me, just keep him right back. Why, why not? I'm not advocating the move him now. I'm just saying, is that he keeps he 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 Yeah, well, when he when he's the captain of centre mid, I'll come back. Right, right. Before we wrap it up, very quickly, Connor, best Trent moment at Liverpool so far. Ooh. <laughs> it's not hard, is I know, it? Right, I was going to say, it's not Everyone hard. knows what's coming to Yeah, mind, exactly. Corner takes it quickly. quickly. Yeah, I know. Well, as everyone's going to go for it though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it is okay to say it's that. It's your favourite moment. Barcelona okay. goal, obviously. Doily. Uh Probably freak. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, and if you weren't going to choose that one, that was, his, his free kick at half an hour was great, wasn't it? Yeah. That mm. was a good way to announce himself. His debut against Man United, where he, he didn't have any any real issues. I mean, the free kick against Chelsea, Chelsea if you just mentioned yeah. then. 
What about one just for people who worked in this office, which was Andy Kelly, couple of minutes behind on the stream, watching watching Trent. He's <laughs> getting nearly score against Everton. And, um, Just Andy Kelly full stop with Trent. Screaming Trent, Trent at the top of his voice. It was um, very early on in Trent's career, but still my He was a massive advocate Trent. though, wasn't yeah. he? And he was right. Andy Kelly AK was right. Was, yeah. Spotted Trent. Andy Kelly. For, who's, for anyone else. Andy Kelly, who's 47, yeah. therefore we can use AK47. AK47. What, what I'll say as well is, is on my first game as... In my role now, after in the mix zone, no one was, no one had stopped, and we didn't have anyone. Did we, kind of? We yeah, there. that's true. Actually, and he walked past, and I said, "Trent, can we have two minutes?" And he gives it, didn't he? Yeah, the one player he just yeah. stopped and chatted to us for a, a while. Didn't need to be fair. And he was yeah. really decent, really forthcoming with his information. Just yeah, it was spot on, and just massively showed his yeah. character. Absolute credit to to the city. I think great. That's yep. why he's got a mural. Yeah, that is why he's got a mural. We'll leave it there. Happy birthday, Trent. Whatever you're doing, I'm sure he won't be going out and drinking. He'll be. Listening to the Blood Red podcast, I imagine. And he'll be, he'll be quite happy with the rendition of Happy Birthday from Conor yeah. Dunn, which we can play out for which, us. Yeah, play out, <laughs> play out now as we play to play. One, Happy two, birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. The next thing you will do that. All right. That's great. All right. See you on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.